0: <laughs> and some bumper music, yeah, exactly. Because exactly. you know I love the bumper music.
1: Dr. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Doctor Larry Chapp calls it? Bumper
0: music. That's no. what I. That's what it's called in the
1: in, in radio and all that.
0: Because ah. I just remember when I used to be oh, on right. a radio show right in there. seminary. Yeah, it's oh, like these oh. we talked about. Our bumper music was a song called "Kathy's Waltz" by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was that's a fun. wonderful way to start the show. I'll play it for you at some
1: point. Uh Patrick Lancioni always does Matt Marr at the beginning of his podcast, ah. which is kind of nice. Nice. Um, all right. Well. Let's go ahead and start with the prayer before we start our discussion. So our recording. We're recording. Oh, we're wow. We're Look at that. Sweet. I didn't know we were recording <laughs> talking about all this wonderful yeah. stuff. Okay. That's part of the Woody Mansion. It sounds yeah, great.
0: Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for being amongst us, being Emmanuel, God with us. We ask you to help us to share the great gift of the faith with everyone here at Sacred Heart in particular. And... Please use us to share the great gift of your presence, your love, with everyone whom we encounter. As we discuss today the many ways that we strive to do that here at Sacred Heart, please guide our conversation. Please help all of us to be open to the way that the Holy Spirit is guiding us ever and ever deeper into your love. And we ask you to be with us here at Sacred Heart always through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Most sacred heart
1: of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Immaculate
0: heart of Mary. Pray for us, Saint Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Well, thank you all for joining us. If you were watching this after the fact, we did not play this one live. We thought a recording would be better in this atmosphere. So... All of you into the future who watch this, thank you so much for watching. Please make sure you share with your friends and family and parishioners of Sacred Heart Catholic Church. What we'd like to talk about today is a little bit about our formation program. Got some a lot of changes coming for this year formation. We have some really good new ideas. Father has been brainstorming really since Christmas time and And even a little prior, yeah, a little beyond about how we want to best serve. Uh, the children, the families, the adults, every parishioner of Sacred Heart when it comes to faith education. But the first thing we need to address is the elephant in the room, or I might say <laughs> the EJ yes. in the room. And that is our new director director of evangelization, EJ Ser- Serderas. Serderas.
2: Yeah. Serderas? Yeah. There's
1: th- only one D. That's
2: good. That's, yeah, it's one D, but it's, you got to roll it.
1: Oh, I can't roll my R's, let yeah. alone my D's. Yeah. Um, so EJ... <laughs> Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yeah. yourself to the kind of people at home. Of course, um, yeah. And who are you?
2: <laughs> well, my name's EJ. Well, actually, my name's Eduardo, but everyone calls me EJ. Um, I am now the uh, Director of Evangelization here at St. Carter Parish. Um, I came from Belmont Abbey as actually a track and field coach there uh, for four years. So i I mean, it seemed so much longer than what it was. Sure. Uh, which is great. It was, I enjoyed my time there a lot. I love Belmont Abbey. That's where I graduated. It's my alma mater. Um ooh, ooh. So, we, Yeah. We missed each other. I I, I transferred. Uh,
1: yeah, I graduated, yeah. and then you transferred in that next school year. So yeah, we just missed each other. We just missed by each other one year.
2: But we have mutual friends, so we. Yeah, we met each stole, other. You stole along my
1: sweetmates after I graduated. Yeah, yeah, I did.
2: Huh. They like me better.
1: That's <laughs> good they, they told me the same thing. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and they had a fixed
2: shower by that point. Uh, so that's, that's, that's pretty good. exciting. That's not true. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's but yeah, the showers. I love the showers. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, before that, I was um, teaching theology down in Naples, Florida for two years. Um, I got my master's in theology from Belmont Abbey, and I'm currently working on my, no, sorry, I got my bachelor's uh, in theology from Belmont Abbey. I'm getting my master's from Franciscan University, which I'm currently doing right now.
1: And you said you're going to finish that up at the end of the summer, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, end of the fall.
1: Oh, end of fall. So yeah, one, more one more semester.
0: Yeah. And did you hear who he's taking in the fall?
1: Uh, yeah, Dr. John Ber- Bergman. Yeah, He's like my th- man, yeah. I think I'm
0: going to sit in the room and just, like, audit the class. As you take. He's, like, one of my favorite <laughs> scripture it. scholars ever. He's I'll do my good. homework here. That is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. I hope he is, too. <laughs> but yeah, we, had sure some, is. Uh, we already had some good
1: <laughs> theological discussions about your most recent paper. I actually made him change his paper because I convinced him of a Part different, of my paper. Yeah. A different yeah. theological understanding, which yeah. was really kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah. you uh, got, got me. <laughs> you probably didn't have as much fun rewriting the paper, but I had fun encouraging you to rewrite it.
2: <laughs> it wasn't a huge portion of my paper, so it was okay. okay. It, was, it was okay to think Just, take a, it couple out. just a couple cool. paragraphs. Just so a couple paragraphs. I just had to make it up and expand on my other t- topics. So it's good. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, we're really excited for EJ to be here. We're, we haven't actually done a new hire in a while. so To be at the point where, A, the debt's in such a great place, we feel like we have a little bit more uh, income to spend to hire an employee. And B, with this new formation system, it really became necessary to have somebody full time um, with the, this theological background in order to uh, do this. So, as we've been kind of hinting at, changes coming to faith formation. So, before we kind of get into what those changes look like, Father, why don't you tell us why you think this change was necessary to begin with?
0: Sure. Um, well, and Michael and I have had these discussions for many years, and you know, just looking at the studies and different things that the bishops are starting to recognize, especially under the leadership of Bishop Barron, who was just made the bishop of Winona, Minnesota, mm-hmm. so he's leaving the West Coast and coming back to the Midwest, uh, but talking about like the nuns, like people falling away from the faith and not holding on to it. And in looking at just the way we have been teaching the faith over the years with, say, you know, either just in our schools, in like the faith formation model of, you know, once a week kids come for class for 45 minutes to an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and then they go. And, and that's about it. Like, it's sort of like the classroom model. And as you look at that, I mean, that really came in in a big way after the Council of Trent and sort of like, hey, we need to... know double down on the school model and that's what's going to get people to you know really take it home well studies show that people are just not holding on to the faith it's like okay you have this time in classroom and you know you get to the point of receiving a particular sacrament namely first communion or later on confirmation people check that box and then far too many of them fall away it's not everybody it's not every one of them but we work really hard to put together the classroom system, to get our volunteers to come in and teach, you know, to, to get the program going so a kid's going to receive First Community Confirmation. And then we just don't see them anymore, or at least a large percentage of them. And you see all these statistics about just people falling away from the faith. And so it's one of those things we've been discerning about this, praying about this for a while, that we don't want to just keep doing the same thing. And I just want to point out too, this isn't just here at Sacred Heart. This is sort of like, I'd say national, if not international, that it's time to kind of look at some different ways to make sure that we're very intentionally living the faith, teaching the faith, handing the faith on, and helping the people that are the primary educators to do that. Okay, well, who are the primary educators? The parents. I mean, parents, when they have their children baptized, promise to raise their children in the practice of the faith. It's one of the things they say yes to, before I baptize them in the rite of baptism. So they publicly promise to do this before their child is baptized. And so here at the parish, we're tasked with not teaching everything, but with helping the parents to do that. And so looking at a way to try to shift this up, like how do we empower the parents to teach their children and, and also to grow in the faith themselves. I mean, one big thing you hear a lot about you know, lately is, oh, we've had such a problem with catechesis or with teaching in the faith for many, many decades, and that's why people are falling away. And it's yes and no. I mean, that, that's true on some levels, not totally. I think it's a, it's a part of the piece. But like, how do we you know, go from just the classroom model as the main focus, to like, actually making that happen at home? And back around Christmas time, I want to say it was December 22nd. I was praying um, just my normal morning holy hour, and the phrase just sort of hit me. It's like everybody's a catechist. You know, it's like everybody needs to help in this process because so often in the past, when you get the classroom model, right? Like I'll just use her for an example because she's a wonderful one, Mary Goodman. She's been teaching our second grade uh, catechesis, you know, faith formation class for years, and it's wonderful. And she does a great job, and the kids love her, and it's great. But still, even after they've gotten to spend time with Mary Goodman, who's wonderful, and she's here for daily mass all the time, and she's totally invested and involved, a large percentage of those kids, after they receive First Communion, we hardly see them. And so when I say everybody's a catechist, okay, you get the parents empowered to teach their kids, but parents need help. It's not an easy thing. You can't just We can't just be like, okay, you teach them about First Communion, and we'll just, Leave you out there and we're all done. No, we got to figure out a way to, to support them. The other thing with everybody being a catechist, like we also need accountability, someone to help parents to do that. And we have a parish full of amazing people you know, people who love their faith, who might not be ready like Mary Goodman to step in on Wednesday nights and teach the second graders every week, but people who may be willing to pair up with the family. And check in on them. How are you doing? I'm studying this too. What can I do to help? You know, in teaching the kids. What are you guys doing? Are you doing what what you're being asked to do this week? And we're praying for you. We're praying for each other. And then that way, rather than just having a handful of catechists that interact with some of the kids, we get all the families paired up with different people in the parish who maybe have kids that have already graduated or people, you know, that don't have children, or just, you know, ones that feel like, hey, I'm ready to help somebody else out. Like pairing people up. To have accountability because when you have that close contact like michael holds me accountable all the time and it's good when he can follow and say
1: multiple times today. exactly
0: did you do this did you call this person did you write this oh yeah you're right i gotta get that done and it's not that he's he's being you know hard on me it's like he's helping me to be a better priest so how do we take our community it's like you sort of think about the uh, phrase it takes a village to raise a child well how do we get families paired up together to help the parents to hand on the faith to, the, to their children. And let's be honest, if you're going to show that something's important, you got to be doing it more than 45 minutes once a week for like six months out of the year, right? It's got to be part of the day-to-day life. It doesn't have to be two hours a day. I mean, I'll just give a small example. I've been doing Duolingo now. I have a 630-something-day streak. And it's like, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's right, but it's, you know, it's like at least five minutes a day I'm doing Spanish homework. And it's helped it's helped in a big way. I mean, it's helped you know kind of shift the way that I think and, and understand a little bit more about the Spanish language. It's helped build my vocabulary. I can speak more, I can understand more. And it you know, little by little. And so to help families to do that at home, you know to be able to hand on the faith to their kids um, and you know to hold each other accountable like I said it takes a village, the other thing I'll have, it takes a vineyard, right to be plugged in to the sacraments to, You know, that new wine that is the blood of Christ that is poured out for us. Not just to study so you can receive first communion and then just sort of fade away. But that so mom and dad and brothers and sisters and grandma and grandpa, the whole family can be plugged into, you know, the the bread of life and the cup of eternal salvation every day. And so it's like it, it requires more than just continuing to do what we've been doing. But getting everybody on involved in sort of shifting the culture at home, and obviously Michael and I are really busy. So is Mimi, Sharon, Flora, John Bachman, you know, and uh, Jim Brinsfield and Villa, Like we're busy. We need somebody else, EJ, to come in and help us to sort of oversee that task. And so thanks be to God, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you know, we've been kind of piecing these things together, and uh, and we've been so fortunate to find someone like EJ to be willing to step in. And and this is the thing, too. It's not like we're saying, okay, we went to Augustine Institute and they gave us this program and this is what we're doing. We're building this up. I mean, this is going to be Sacred Heart through and through, using a lot of different resources. But this is going to be, hey, Sacred Heart, we're striving to be intentional we're going to strive to help you to live out your vocation.
1: And I think that was a really good summary of where, where this came from. And the analogy I always like to make, um, you know, is with math right? You Mm -hmm. go to school, you learn math, you spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day learning math. Yeah, And then, we all went through this, you take the summer off. And then you got to come back and do like the last three lessons of the last school year in order to catch yourself back up. I mean, being homeschooled, we did math. That was one of the two things we did over the summer, a little bit of math and a little bit of reading, just to keep those skills moving forward to jump back into the next school year. If we're doing that with math, yeah. What are we supposed to be doing with our faith? Yeah, and what we normally have is people come in second, third grade, receive first communion, and then we don't see them till seventh grade. What if you did that with math? You got a second grade education, mm-hmm. and then you're coming in trying to jump back in at a seventh grade education. Technically speaking, you're really probably still at the third grade level when yeah. you're in seventh grade. So these are kind of the really practical reasons why I've seen that a new, uh, some sort of new system is in order, and so. EJ, mm-hmm. why don't you kind of outline more in the nitty-gritty of what this system is going to look like. You've been here three weeks now, almost yes, going to the end of gonna, the third week. Yeah, um, And I will say, EJ has been slaving away in his office, <laughs> writing documents, reading books, finding all the resources that he can possibly find to assist us all in the formation of our neighbors in the village. Um, so kind of <laughs> tell us what you've been working on, ideas that you've had, where this thing might
2: go in a more yeah. practical way. Yeah, no, and uh, it's, been, it's been fun slaving away in there. I actually enjoy doing all that stuff, so uh, I really appreciate doing that work. But um, the direction, like as Father said, is really to help the parents, um, to help the parents educate the kids. They are the primary educators of the kids. Um, it says it in the Catechism 2221, uh, 2, 20, um, that parents are, like, you can't really replace the parents as the primary educators. Um, It's very difficult to do that. Um, So as faith formation has been going on throughout the last hundred years, it's really been almost, and I don't want to make it sound negative because it's been an effort to do it, but it's almost been taking that away from the parents. Um, And our goal with this new program that we're trying to develop is give it back to the parents. Um, And not just the parents, but everyone in the community um, because you need help as parents. Um, and that is really the main focus is, we're directing our focus no longer towards the formation of your kids once a week for, for 45 minutes. We're really directing it towards the family, the parents to take that on. Um, now, what does that mean? That, does that mean like you're doing it by yourself? No, uh, You yes, you have the primary role of it, but the church's responsibility is to make sure that you're able to do that. Um, so what I've been working on in the office is really, first of all, an explanation of what the program is. Uh, we are no longer going to be calling it faith formation. We want to change that direction a little bit. Um, we're going to be calling it Fide, uh, which in Latin means faith. We're actually using it as an acronym, um, forming formation in this formation in discipleship. Uh, and evangelization. We're still working
1: on it. We were, we were yeah. working on it the other day. He yeah. did a great job coming up with it. But yeah, formation in discipleship and evangelization. We dropped the A yeah. for and, but don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're keeping that one silent. Yeah. The, the end is silent. The silence. The silence. <laughs> yeah. in
2: the That's great. Um, but the goal of uh Fide is to um provide you with resources, uh provide you with help from me. Uh, specifically, I will be around to make sure that you are getting everything you need to do what you have the responsibility to do at home. Um, Along with that, more than just me being uh, a resource, is we're also, as Father said, we want to get the whole community involved. We want you guys to have help. Uh, We want Sacred Heart to get closer as a community. Um, So we actually are going to develop a, a sponsorship system. We're not we're, using, we're not using the word sponsor because that's going to get a little confusing with uh, confirmation um, because you have a confirmation sponsor and all of your kids will be going into confirmation. Um, but we are going to be using what's called a sacramental Accountability Partner. Um, the acronym for that would be SAP. Uh, so, we're, so the SAPS of
1: FIDE, <laughs> the doesn't that sound fide. great? I think it sounds good. Yeah. The, yeah.
2: Saps of, the SAP of the tree that is FIDE, the yeah.
0: tree of faith, I think it works out for The
1: SAP of the tree of life. And, yeah, and of I,
0: think, I think we should give uh, special credit to our principal, Aaron Brinkley, for coming up with yeah. the acronym SAP. Yeah.
1: That, Sacramento you know, Accountability good. Partner. That's, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's
0: an important thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we need accountability partners. I mean, Anything you do that's important, it's so good to have someone else that helps hold you accountable. And we can all do that together as a community. And yeah, to have people specifically signed up to to be a SAP, a sacramental accountability partner, I think it's going to be a wonderful,
2: you know, vibrant thing
0: that's in addition to the parish.
2: Yeah. No. And that's a. I mean, I'm very excited about this role, um, in doing this. Uh, when Michael called me about this position, I was hesitant. <laughs> because I thought it was gonna be the same thing over and over again that has been happening. And I, I just love the idea that they had to bring in this new idea, of giving it back to the parents. Because as father said, you can't teach once a week for 45 minutes and expect the faith to be lived. Um, and as we experienced the, 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 white people are leaving the church um, as uh, studies have shown is because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and this is to, because you have your kids every day, you see them every day. Um, you have more time with them. You you are given that responsibility to help them experience um, what they're learning. In these classes, we're giving them information, basically. And that's great. Information is great. You need to know. You need to know the seven sacraments. Uh, you need to know the precepts of the church. You need to know these things. Um, but unless it's being experienced and lived out, it's just information. Um, so to help help that information become an experience, we think this is an important way to do that. Um, and to help you is obviously to give you resources, but also to give you a sponsor, um, a SAP, a uh, Sacramento Accountability Partner, to help you along the way. Um, how is that going to work? Um, so basically, uh, so Sacramento. Let's, let's
1: do this. Can I make a suggestion? Of course. Let's just say I am bringing my son Andrew in to sign up for what I think is faith formation, okay? Mm-hmm. So I come into the office, yeah. and I say, hey, I would like to sign Andrew up for faith formation. Yeah, uh, What's that first step going to look like?
2: First step is, to, well, first to come to the office, which you already did. Uh, <laughs> second step is to meet with uh, either Michael or myself um, to kind of go over what this is, what the new format is, just to make sure it's clear. Um, we, you will need to bring in um, all your uh, birth certificates, your uh, sacrament uh, certificates, all that needs to be in because that's still a practical thing that we have to take care of. Um, and then what's going to happen is we're going to provide you with resources um, and give that to you, um, also provide us as resource, and then we're going to What going to look
1: like? Let's, yeah. Like let's talk about, I know we've been talking about it coming up with mm-hmm. like a theme each month, right? Right. Um, so we do want to create some sort of curriculum, if you will, yeah. uh, in this system. And so EJ has been working greatly on um, each month having a theological theme that we'd like even father to tie into his homilies a mm-hmm. little bit to really kind of create this annual rotation of theological topics. Um, and so kind of tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. Cool. Okay. Yeah,
2: definitely. So, yeah, I yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, back uh, on I track. didn't want us to miss that. <laughs> no, it's great. So, um, yeah, so the program itself, it's not really a program. It's the resources themselves. Um will be, we've come up with the title, Heart and Soul, um, catech- Catechetical Resources. Um, and each month you'll have, be given a topic to kind of cover as a family. Um, in those, in that resource page, it's a little booklet, it's almost like a magazine looking type uh, format. Um, and you will be given, you know, explanations of, so like give you an example, like month one, prayer. You'll be going over what is prayer, what is communal prayer, what is liturgical prayer. Um, how do I pray as a family? How do I pray with, you know, little kids? How do I play with teenage kids? How do teenage pr- kids pray by themselves? Um, how can I incorporate prayer more in my life? How do I pray with, you know, kids running around the house? How do I get them to focus? Uh, these are all things that are going to be difficult, but again, these are supposed to. These resources are here to help you. Um, so these will be given out every month, um, and different topics will be covered. Um, in there will also be ways to celebrate feast days, uh, which is a very important thing. I actually talked to a friend, or my wife actually talked to a friend um, about. They have seven kids, each, and all their kids are practicing Catholics. Great, lovely Catholic family, um, and my wife asked them like, "What? What's the reason? How? How do you guys remain Catholic? How did all seven of you remain Catholic? And one of them's a priest." Um, and the answer was, they experienced the faith. They 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 lived it out. They did little. Rituals for every feast day. Whenever they went to confirmation or confession, they you know they celebrate it because it's joy. They're you're receiving the mercy of God. Um, so little things that you can like celebrate, you know, live out the liturgical year um, as Catholics is just a beautiful thing. So in there will be ways to do that. Um, so how do I how do I celebrate? You know, this feast day. How do I celebrate uh, my baptism? Uh, these are all things that are going to be helpful um, to bringing the faith back home, and that's really the goal of this. Uh, this uh, resource program.
1: Yeah, so there's these these little booklets we'll also post online. So there'll be a lot of links. Yeah, Um, even when we print the resource, we'll have a QR code that sends you to the website. So you can just click on all the hyperlinks online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're even trying to categorize um, resources by age. So Mm -hmm. adult appropriate, elementary school, middle school, high school. So it's easier to access and view. And really, this is a resource for the parents to utilize to the best of their abilities to continue to pass on that faith because i think you said it very well with that example of um, that family friend Mm -hmm. and i like to always say that the faith is caught not taught Mm -hmm. so how can we catch it in just our daily life i i mean in my own experience one of the biggest things that kept me catholic is just knowing we went to mass every sunday no exceptions this is part of the life of a catholic and so growing up I have the same thought. This is what we do as a Catholic. And it's not a question of do we go, do we not go. This was part of my life is to come to church. And I think there was a really strong foundational aspect to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of going back to our little uh, thought experiment role-playing, right? So I come (laughs) in, Andrew needs to sign up for faith formation. You kind of explain these things to me. And then you get into the SAP, right? Mm -hmm. Sacramental Accountability Partner. Now, This is totally new. Yeah. I have not heard about this before, right? <laughs> um, and so you start explaining in about this person to help me. And this is a little confusing. Yeah. Do I pick a SAP? Do you pick a SAP? What does this SAP have to be? Do we have to meet with yeah. the SAP? Are there requirements? And some of these things, to be honest, we're still fleshing out. But yeah. kind of go yeah. through what this relationship between the family that's in the family, Fee Day, mm-hmm. um, and the kids that are in Fee and the SAP, and how that relationship is hopefully going to look and work. Right.
2: Yeah, so the SAP, um, really how that's going to work um, is you are going to have the opportunity to pick your SAP. Um, so you will be, because it's a relationship, we want you to have the freedom to do that. We're not, we can't force relationships on you. So we want to make sure that you have the freedom to choose who you want to be, be your SAP. Um, now, that being said... There are some requirements for the SAP. Um, they have to be a practicing Catholic and good standing with the Catholic Church. Um, and they have to be a member of the parish. Uh, so those are only uh, two requirements that we're asking uh, of your SAP. Um, so when you sign in, all right, and you come and you meet with me, um, and this is the first time you're hearing about, your, hearing about SAP, okay, um, come back to me, all right, I'm going to say, hey, in a week, let me know uh, who you picked to be your SAP. I, I need to know who that is because I needed to make sure that they meet the qualifications. Uh, Because, again, this is to help you in the faith. So you want someone who is practicing the faith to help you in the faith. You can't have someone who is not practicing the faith to help you. You can't teach what you don't have.
1: Um, And we want somebody close by, within the community. Right. So this is not a, oh, yeah, Aunt Sally, who lives in California, is going to be my sap. Well, you don't really see Aunt Sally. Right. But then if it's, I don't know, EJ or Michael Becker, who goes to Sacred Heart, and you sit three pews apart on Sunday at the 8 o'clock Mass, I mean, that's a relationship that can very easily be built in a very, in the live setting of the sack person Mass. The person
0: yeah. I like to keep throwing in there as my potential, not, maybe not ideal sap, but a sap I'm looking forward to, I hope he signs up, is Bob Kasmus. And why do I say Bob Kasmus? He's one of the ushers at the 8 a.m. Mass. And this is one of the things I had in mind from the beginning here. It's okay. You know, when you have a catechist for, say, third grade faith formation, right, you were with them for one year, it was done, it's lovely, it's great, you remember, that was my third grade faith formation teacher, but that's about it. You sign up with Bob Casmus, and he's like, you know, being like a sacramental accountability partner with you, and I, I hope Bob does sign up so I won't <laughs> give him the old nudge there. But, you know, when you come to Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning with your family, it's like you keep seeing him. He keeps holding you accountable. You're kind of holding him accountable because he's there too, and like you're, you're in this together. And it's, it's just one of those beautiful ways that it's like we, we then grow as a parish. Because I think one thing in our, our society right now, it's like we talk about division. We talk about people being isolated, being alone. Well, the more we can, you know, knit our parish together that much more with people helping people to do this, I think that will be great. And then the other thing I was kind of hoping, we haven't actually discussed this before. So they've talked a lot more than I've gotten to because I've been all over the place here lately. But let's just say, like, you know, we have some families that don't know a particular family. I'm hoping that we can get some, some couples, some families, some people in the parish to sign up and say, I do want to be a SAP. Like, I would mm-hmm. love to do this. Put me on the list. And if there's a family they're not sure who to ask, like, hey, maybe put them in right. touch with me. We can see if we click. You know, something along those lines. And especially those of you that are, say, empty nesters, that your kids have already, you know, graduated, moved on, that you can still help another family. To learn the faith you know even though your your kids are
2: are not in the home anymore yeah and that that, that, yeah, that is actually part of it too is perfect. Perfect. if if you know for some reason you don't know anyone in the parish or you're just not sh- sure if you want to pick this person or not we are going to have people who sign up and want to volunteer as saps um to help families out um and we'll help assign that person to you make sure it's the right fit we want to make sure that everything's working well um so we will um you know, maybe even give you a list of like, okay, here's some people. Um, do you know any of these people? It's like, oh, yeah, I know him. I've met him once or twice. Okay, maybe that might be a good fit for you. Um, so these are just things we are going to be working on as well um, to make sure that, you know, your family's getting everything you, you guys need to uh, grow in the faith together. And that's just the beauty of it. It's just, you're not, it's not just teaching your kids the faith. It's, uh, doing this is going to help your whole family um, yeah. grow in the faith. And that's just, Beautiful. It's a, be- a beautiful goal of all this this whole process.
1: Um, and Saps can be Saps for more than one family. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, if yeah. you
1: know one family or you want to be on the list to get assigned, that's totally doable as well. One logistic that we are going to have to require from Saps is that you have your protecting God's children, your background yep. check, mm-hmm. working with kids very directly within this program. Um, so we re- require that from everyone, um, which most people should have it anyway, so it shouldn't be a problem. Right. Um, talk to me about that and then um oh, there was one more piece of information that i was gonna say
0: i was just, i'll tell you what you think about yeah. it so just one thing i love about this though too is like let's just say there's certain people in the parish that like they would never feel comfortable like getting up and teaching a whole class but you can you can pair up with one family you know and like and, and this is the other beautiful thing pray for them every day and then the the family can be praying for their sap it's like you're, you're growing together in the faith, and sort of, you know, we do need each other in this, you know, and, and both for accountability, but also for that just mutual support and living the life of an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ. We need help from each other, and I just, I love how this may pull in some people that maybe never felt comfortable to go and teach a catechism class, but they do love their faith and want to help another family hand on the faith.
1: And so yeah. I, got, I got the next point I wanted to bring up, if that's okay. So mm-hmm. we're continuing down the role, role-playing role rabbit trail, right? Yeah. So, okay, awesome. So excited to have my SAP. Bob Casmus is going to be great with my <laughs> kids. He's so good. We're, we're very excited that Bob's going to be our SAP. Um, do we have – when do we have to meet? Do we have to get together? Do we have to let you know when we got together? Do you, mm-hmm. we have to let you know what we're doing within the curriculum? It, do I have to, like, sign off on some, something, send you emails? What am I required to do with this? Yeah.
2: So you're not required to do that. You're not required to keep updating me. I, I mean, it would be great if you do. <laughs> uh, I would love to know how, it, how it's going, how it's working out. Um, but, sorry, what was the first part of the question?
1: So do I have to send anything to you, and how do I have a requirement of how often I'm supposed oh, right, to right, me, right. yeah. Or certain things that I have to do, like, is mm-hmm. there... Because it's not a program, as you said, but are there things that I still have to fulfill?
2: Right. Yeah. So as far as meeting with your SAP, um, it's encouraged at least once a month. Again, this is a relationship you want to form and grow deeper in. Um, so the minimum should be once a month. Um, is that, am I going to, like, be down your shoulder and say, hey, are you meeting with your SAP? No, I'm not. Uh, this is, Again, this is all freedom. Coercion doesn't really work for things. Um, so we want to make sure that uh, you do have the freedom to do this. This is your household, not mine again going back to the uh, the idea of parents being primary educators this is your household you make the rules um, so but we want to encourage you to do this uh, we want to encourage you to meet with your staff at least once a month once a month uh, to help form that relationship and you know get some guidance uh, seeing like okay this is our format you know I tried this prayer of my family it's not working all right well oh, okay maybe your your staff can help you okay maybe we've done this before try this maybe that will work um, so these are just little ways to look at it. Um, again, as far as uh, informing me, uh, it would be great just to keep on top of things. Also, I, do, I offer myself as a, a resource as well. Um, so that's always uh, I'm always open to people coming in, having one-on-one meetings with me, um, explaining, oh, my staff is not working out. I need to change. Uh, and then we can talk about that and see like, wh- where we can go from there as well. Um, and then there was another part of that question.
1: So I think you got it all because then there's a big part that's next that we haven't talked about once yet, which I'm really excited that we haven't mentioned the, in the context of sacraments yet. That we've yeah. been ah, talking the, sacrament about the Whole And no the, sacraments. <laughs> notice what we've been talking about here. We've been talking about formation. Yeah. This isn't sacramental prep. True, mm-hmm. sacramental accountability partners, but they can be keeping you accountable for ongoing sacraments, such as coming to Mass mm-hmm. on Sunday and going to confession. All right, so coming back to the role playing. All right, great. So excited to have my staff. I think this is a good idea. Now, Andrew is going to be, he's six, so he'll be seven in May. And that's the time that we should be preparing for First Communion. So, EJ, what do I have to do to make sure that Andrew is ready and signed up and prepared to receive the sacrament of First Communion in May?
2: Good question.
1: Or (laughs) let's say he's in high uh, you know, 8th grade, getting ready for confirmation. Right, right, right. Either sacrament, what do I have to do?
2: Yeah, so part of this, as Michael said, this is an ongoing process. Sacrament is not just a one-day thing, um, which is what we've been kind of making it with uh, faith formation. It's like, oh, we're preparing you. Okay, we taught you up to this day. We're done teaching you now. You're on your own. Uh, But this is supposed to be, okay, now we're teaching you how to do it throughout your whole life. Um, So when you come in and you say, okay, I want my son to enter for confirmation, all right, the first thing we're gonna say is the only, so first of all, we're gonna be following FIDE, right, that's what we're gonna be doing. We're not gonna be doing confirmation classes or Eucharistic classes. Um, these are things that are gonna be done at home following the FIDE um, resource. Um, as far as us requiring, all right, yes, you do have to meet with us. We do have to do the formality parts so of making sure you're signed up for confirmation and Eucharist. Um, but what we're going to be require, requiring um, is that you just follow the precepts of the church. Um, that's the only thing we're going to be requiring because what that's telling us is, okay, if I'm going to follow this, that means I want it. I mean, my kid wants to join the faith. Um, and if you're going to want something, you have to continue doing it. All right. Um, so uh, this what, what does this mean? So. You have to, you know, go to church on Sundays. You have to go to confession at least once once a year. Um, uh, Receive the Eucharist at least once a year. We'll we'll give you the whole format of what the precepts of the church are when you come in for the meeting. Um, But that's the requirement. Um, And if you meet that, you know, when we come back and you're like, you know, a couple months away from Eucharist or confirmation and you say, yeah, I've kept the, the precepts, that's showing us that, yes, I've chose to accept the sacrament. Right? It's showing that your child is ready to accept the sacrament. Um, if it happens that you know, I'm, I'm not doing it, saying, I don't want the sacrament. In which case, if you're saying, I don't want the sacrament, we actually can't give you the sacrament. We can't force the sacrament on you. Um, so that's just a requirement. Um, and it's, it's really a, a loving response. It's not necessarily of, do this and, and you don't get the sacrament. It's, uh, no, we want you to live the faith. And we want this to become a habit for your family. Um, so that you guys, when he, when your son is going to receive the sacrament, he's like, yes, this is part of my life. Um, this is something I'm going to continue doing for the rest of my life. Um, so that's just the goal of it, is to help you and your family embrace the faith um, and come to know and love it more and make it a choice and not something that's forced or just something we do just because everyone else is doing it.
1: Yeah, and so with that kind of initial signing up for faith formation, talk about the precepts of the church. Um, and initially, ultimately the way I, I foresee it happening now, I mean, as I said, some of this is flexible and can change. You're going to sign up for fee day. We're not going to take sacramental signups at the very beginning, the first meeting, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not solely about the sacrament. We need to see the families living out the faith, specifically kind of giving you the precepts of the church. Then, near the end of the calendar year, as we're going into the new year, we will open up a separate sacramental application when this happens when the separate sacramental application opens you can apply for your child to receive the sacraments but then there is the question of preparedness right and we've talked about this a lot actually yeah. talked about how do we want to measure that preparedness because we as a church and really father as the pastor has a, a canonical law canonical
0: canonical responsibility, canonical
1: responsibility yeah. to make sure that the people your children are prepared before he distributes the sacraments to that individual. So we're looking at ultimately doing interviews, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing interviews. Probably all three of us will be doing these interviews at some way, shape, or form. Um, we At these interviews, we hope that, well, we will require the child to be there, obviously, who's That's preparing to receive the sacrament. <laughs> the parents, as the primary educators um, of the faith within the home. And then the SAPs. We want all of you there, right? Because if I ask little Sally and say, Sally, what is the Eucharist? I want to be able to revel in the joys with everyone (laughs) when she says, This is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. I want to pass high fives around to the entire family, the saps, the child, everyone, because that is what we're here for. If little Sally comes in and says, It's bread,
0: or I don't know, or
1: I don't know, I'm probably going to look at the parents, because I can't blame little Sally. Little Sally is only seven. I mean, yeah. she's only learning what she's taught at this point. I'm going to look at the parents and the sap and say, you know, I think there's a little bit more that we need to work on here. I'm not sure if she's prepared to receive this year. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay because what's, what's better, to receive the sacrament not knowing what it is or to have knowledge and maybe wait a little bit longer in order to receive the sacrament worthily? Follow. Father, I'll kick it over to you and you can add in your thoughts on this too. Because this this really comes down to you as a No, absolutely,
0: pastor. absolutely. So I think a lot of the times um, the criticism that the current system gets, once again, not just at Sacred Heart but in general, is that so many of the people in the United States, so many of the Catholics in the United States are sacramentalized, meaning they've received First Communion, they receive received Confirmation, but they're not evangelized. They don't know the faith. They don't know why they ever did what they did like i haven't been to confession since my first communion why like it it is a treasure like w- there is a reason why you know i have given my life as a priest that these wonderful young men are working in an organization making far less money than they probably would in the private sector because what we have here is a treasure to be lived out all the time And if all we treat this as is a benchmark that you've reached this age and then you're just done, and then like grade school, graduation, and you're done, it's like we are totally (laughs) underselling the treasure that we have. And so ultimately what all this is about is for everybody to recognize, oh my goodness, like it's, it's, it's almost too good to be true, but thanks be to God it is true. And so if we can be intentional about what we're doing and helping parents, like we want to give you every resource we can to help you parents to be intentional. Because when something is important to you, it's going to be important to your children. And now I get it. Like every family is different, right? So you're talking about the family with the seven kids are all practicing. My family has four kids. There are three of us practicing. Obviously, one of them is a priest. My sister is a saint, and my brother Rob is my brother Rob. But, you know, and I love it. I mean, but we're all involved. We love the faith. One of my brothers is not practicing. I hate that. I wish that he was. But, like, so we're not saying, like, okay, parents, you do this. Like, they're all going to, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. If all we do is just keep rubber stamping kids at second grade and rubber stamping them in eighth grade, and we're not focusing on living this out intentionally, we're doing a great disservice to everybody the kids, to you parents, to the saps, like to everybody, like all of this, is to sort of like just step back, and I love the word intentional, and I know that's kind of been a big buzzword in this whole department, but Michael does it too, too. yes, from Sherry Waddell in her book, Forming Intentional Disciples, and some of this kind of comes from that book, and we talked a lot about that book back when we did our parish mission back in, no, it wasn't May, it was March, I think, it was back in Lent. Sure. Yeah, something Some like time that. In the ah, Lent. Was. It's crazy. Man, it's just the whole couple, last couple of months have been a whirlwind. But like, to be intentional about it. And and this is the thing, I get it. It's not easy to get here to Mass every Sunday. I love the fact that I get to go spend time occasionally, not as much as I'd like, with my sister and brother in law, Chris, and their six children. And they're pregnant with number seven now. Oh, yeah. I hope they're all like totally, in comparison, one's a priest too someday. Yeah. But like, I love it when I'm there with them. And I get to see what it is to go through the process of getting to mass, you know, because I'm in charge of me, right? I have to get me together to get to mass on Sunday, and sometimes it's a struggle, like, and it's just me, right? Like my sister and my brother, they're they're wonderful people, and actually, okay, this is about getting ready for school, but this, the same thing still applies. Something my my nephew David said in the morning when I was there as they're getting ready for school, he goes. I can't take a shower. I'll get my school costume all wet, which was amazing. And it just made me super happy. But, you know, like, I don't get to experience that. So it's like, I have sympathy. I know it's not easy. And if you come rolling in here as a family, as the glory is being sung, okay, guess what? That is a heck of a lot better than, oh, we just couldn't do it. You'd be joining me and my family
1: rolling out the glory. That's about when we hit it. And sometimes (laughs)
0: it happens. And just know I'm not going to be scouring at you. I want you there why because the thing is it's like yes the church obliges us to go to mass every sunday but not because she wants to tell us what to do but because like she wants to help us to get through another week it's a jungle out there right and so to be able to be tapped in to the eucharist the body blood soul and divinity of jesus christ to celebrate once again that he's risen from the dead to know the fact that the devil does not overcome us that jesus overcomes him and if we cling to him Say with him, like, we can set the world on fire. That's, like, the amazing aspect of this. So it's like, yes, okay, we have to set some base level, and it's like, okay, let's just do what the church does. What are the five precepts? We got to do those. EJ listed them all except supporting the church financially. But, you know, it's a thing. That is a really, like, that's an important thing too. Why? Because it helps us to remember that our money is not our God, right? That we have something better than something that can be like slashed in half because of inflation and all of a sudden what's been our great big goal is not worth what it once was, guess what? To become a saint, that's good for eternity. And you can begin to experience that now. And so for us to work on something that helps the whole family to make this intentional and to recognize too that I know it's not easy. It's hard out there. And what we can do as a parish is help each other to live that well. And then that's what we're trying to do too long of an answer. No, that was fantastic.
1: Saying. And and obviously this is all new. Mm-hmm. Right? This is new to us. This is new to you all at home watching this. This is just flat out new. So we ask for two things, right? One is we ask for your patience, just as you know, you can ask for ours as we all work on this together. Yeah. Right? That's number one. And number two, pray that this works well. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What we the whole reason we went about this is just because we want, really, our whole parish, to, be disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. We want you to be disciples of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and something that we've been missing a long time is adult formation. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole reason this came up is because we want to help the adults too, and how great this is that mm-hmm. this this resource that EJ will be working on, the Heart and Soul, as we're calling it, um, has adult resources. What podcasts are out there? What YouTube videos are out there? What books are we reading? What homilies has Father done in the past? What can we share with you all that are great ways to share and learn about the faith? I'm listening to a podcast basically every single time I get into my car. Yeah, and because I'm a church nerd, right, 90% of it is about the Catholic faith. But that is my continuing education of the faith, is listening to Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, <laughs> even though it's not always about the Catholic faith, but nonetheless, it's fantastic. Listening to Pints with Aquinas. Listening to um, the Amer is it called the American Church. There's one about the um, I Catholic, to no one. Catholic Church history on the StarQuest Star production network. network too. Yeah, um, it was it's fantastic. I really enjoy that one as well. I also
0: like the Thomistic Institute Temistic and God's Planning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like there there are there's so many resources right now. And I will say, because you're right, I mean we've been trying. Like we, we know that adult faith formation is super important, and there are some wonderful people in our parish that have tried to make that work and do some things on Sunday mornings, and it's great. But we don't, like, fill the school with adults. It's like the art room is, to be fair, pretty full, which is great. But we want everybody to have access to this, whether you have no kids or you have ten kids, whether your kids go to our wonderful school, whether your kids go to one of the public schools, whether your kids are at home with you in your homeschooling. It doesn't matter. And whether you speak English or you speak Spanish. Like, we're trying to find ways to help everyone to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ You know, to grow in knowledge of just this awesome treasure that we have in the faith that is worth laying your whole life down for. Um, And to be able then, like, in you being excited about that and having help from a SAP, helping to hand on what you love and are excited about to your children. Because they're going to hold on to what you love and what you're excited about. I mean, as you said before, like, more in the faith is caught than taught. My love of our Blessed Mother and my love of the Rosary very much finds its foundation in me sitting at the feet of my grandpa while he made rosaries and had the cardinals game on tv like i mean it's he didn't teach me about it per se he wasn't going on and on about the, but he was making it and like if i was in the car with my grandma we prayed the rosary together so it was like it was just there it was part of the experience around me and i'm grateful for that you know and as michael was saying before like my family we went to mass on sunday There wasn't a question. It was not an if, but a when. And I like to say, it's like my parents didn't make me go to Mass. They made me want to go to Mass. And I've heard other people, especially once again, our principal Aaron Brinkley, like, how did they do that? They didn't complain about it. They just did it. I'm not saying they skipped in like Pollyanna, like, oh, isn't this great? This homily is atrocious. Like, no, (laughs) they didn't do that, you know? But they didn't complain, and they didn't act like it was such a hardship. And the fact of the matter is, it's like, okay, like in saying, like, live the precepts. The church gives us those because she knows us better than we know ourselves. And sometimes we choose to, you know, forego things that are good for us, you know, to just kind of like turn it on ourselves. But I promise you, if you're choosing soccer games over mass, you are totally shortchanging yourselves. I like soccer. I know Michael really likes soccer. I don't know about you, EJ. But um, at the same are you say, yeah, so so he likes so. track and field. Yeah, I do I like track and field. I've gone to a couple games has been fantastic. Which is yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, soccer, it's it's not the heavenly realities that we get to encounter in our glorious church. You know, it's not the joy that comes from leaving that confessional free from sin. It it, it can't compete. And you know, and so it's like we want to give you this and that. Will make your time in soccer better because you're not pretending that it's like the central part of the week, And so that's why we're, we're going to all of this tr- because it would be so much easier to just do what we always do. Right. So we're 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 making a risk here. And but I'll tell you, I get more and more confident in the risk all the time because EJ is wonderful. It's been so good to bring him on. Michael has such good ideas, when I'm probably too high up in the clouds, like, everybody will love this, and Michael's like, no, they won't, you know, and so it's, it's great, because yeah, you know, yeah. gotta do that and it's important, and we all kind of hold each other accountable, but like Michael said, patience, and I would also say benefit of the doubt, because remember, everything about this is trying to help you to fully experience and love and just relish your life being a Catholic, and the more we do that, fewer nuns there's, there's going to be, because why would you want to be nothing when you could be focused on the fact that you are a child of God? You are a, a brother of the second person of the Most Holy Trinity. You know, go and tell you know your brothers and mine that I'm going to my Father into yours. I mean, it's like it to think about that and like what we have been created for. It's so much better than merely the best version of yourself. It's like being on fire with the you know the grace and love of God being divinized. He wants us to have all of this. And we know the way. Um, we're still walking it ourselves, but we want to do everything we can to practically help you to like, let this just like, burst in your home.
1: Well, I think we covered it all.
0: I think so, too.
1: A- anything that we missed, EJ, Father, anything that we need to hit on here? I think we talked about how the program's going to work, what's the SAP uh, curriculum, why we're doing this. Yeah. being intentional disciples of Jesus Christ. And
0: I would just say to you, like, okay, so you have a sacrament coming up. We talk about the initial interview. It's not as though it's like, okay, just go away, not until next year. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do some working. And, I mean, there may yeah. be, like, a second mm-hmm. interview, those sort of things. Like, it's it's going to be a relational process. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, EJ seems like a great guy. So, I mean, this <laughs> is going to be really nice, like, working with him or with Michael or with me. Like, we'll, we'll figure out the way to kind of go with this. But we can't just keep, like, rubber stamping people through the program. Right, like that, just isn't a good
1: way to go about it. Couple logistics, just because they're important. Okay. Retreats aren't going anywhere. We're no, still no. going to be doing retreats. First reconciliation, confirmation retreat at Camp Thunderbird. All of that is staying the same because of the style of program we're trying to create here. Fee day, a lot of the extra hoops that people jump through, we're getting rid of. Confirmation service hours, gone. Saint reports. Gone. You gotta know your saint. You gotta pick a saint. That's on you and your family to work on that. We don't need any written paper three pages long on a saint report. Gone. Um, there was something else that uh, letter to the bishop up in the air about that still. Honestly, I'd rather just get rid of it too. Because it doesn't actually help you get better get more prepared for your confirmation. Um, and best part of all, this is all free. Yeah, we're not charging you anything. We're not providing a book. We're not providing a curriculum. You're not using our electricity and water anymore in our (laughs) facilities. No more wear and tear on the facilities on Wednesday evenings. Free. This is for everyone. This is for every human being. This is for every single person that graces our church. And we want you to learn about the faith, grow in discipleship with Jesus Christ. And we don't want to have to put financial strains on that at all. So, some logistics. Some logistics to share there
0: yeah absolutely and you know and if after watching this you do have some questions well, what about this what yeah reach out let us know maybe we'll do a follow-up video you know Mm -hmm. if there's like a couple things like well this clearly this we missed this we missed that we could do another video we can put some things out there and an faq we can we can work through various things and that and i i really do love this because i feel like a temptation right now it's like, oh, well, we'll just get this program, and that's going to work here. I, I'm, I mean, yes, I, I appreciate the folks that work hard to put together programs, but you know, I mean, we, we like to think locally, right? I mean, in this day and age, like we go to the farmers market, and da da da, and you take care of your own community. Like, okay, let's home grow this right here at Sacred Heart. Let's work together as a community to live the faith ourselves joyfully, reverently, and to hand it on to. All of our people, you know, young and old, and like that's going to help us to continue to leave an inheritance of the faith. And notice this, though, I'm not asking you for money for the debt,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he's given that to me. Now. Yep. So a couple weeks, not the, the money, day. but the, the <laughs> <couple> <laughs> yeah. asking for money. Um, cool. Should we wrap it up? Is like, anything yeah. else, EJ? No. Up? Uh,
2: other than the, I just wanted to add, other than the link resources, we're also going to be doing events. Um, throughout the parish as well, in-person events. So not just, you know, hey, here's all the links, go away. It's also, we're gonna be doing in-person events to help you along the way. You know, one month we may be, um, I may have like a a theology discussion after church on Sunday about baptism, about Eucharist confirmation, stuff like that to help you a little bit more to go a little deeper into those resources that you're looking at.
1: Yeah, we're not looking to cancel anything that we're already doing. That'll still happen, Mm -hmm. RCA will still happen. catechism series will still happen everything that we're doing is going to continue in that front the hope is just to put it all in one place share the resources find more things out there and ultimately with another person on staff who is the director of evangelization i'm sure even more will be happening than what currently has been happening
0: yep so yeah i think this is good
1: okay all right let's
0: close with a prayer you got in the father and the son the holy spirit amen Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it the was, was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end, Amen. The Lord be with you and with, and with your spirit. Almighty God, bless you. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. God.